Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. So let's kind of get right into it. Uh, the scripture is going to come up on the screens. Um, we're going to be in Isaiah 53, 4. And it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God stricken by him and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed so if you're taking notes today the uh, title of this message is baggage check let's pray dear heavenly father we thank you we thank you that we're here in your presence we thank you that you've already met us in this moment, Father, that you've already been to, to reveal and deal with the things that we've struggled with this past week, Father, and you've already brought a peace and a healing and an understanding into our lives, even at this moment. I ask, Father God, that you use me, that you use the words that you have given me to help them understand what you want to do in their lives, to bring freedom to them to bring understanding. We thank you, Father, for this day. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, so I just want to start off with a real quick story. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I might have already told this story. There's, there's hardly any of you guys that probably even heard this story, but if you did, just bear with me. But I was about seven or eight years old, um, and I was super, super excited because today was the day. My mom had told me, today's the day I'm going to take you and go let you buy a new pair of shoes. Now, I am a shoe fanatic. I know some people, you know, they like certain purses and bags, but I'm all about shoes. I like shoes. I think shoes can make or break an outfit. I can have 10 shoes that are all black, but they all are a little bit different and I love them all, right? So shoes are just amazing. And I'm the comfortable girl too, so I like flats. And I sometimes I, I used to wear heels a lot. I don't do that anymore, but I'll have all kinds of shoes. But today was the day. I was seven, eight years old. I don't remember how exactly how old I was, but we were going to go. And we were going to go to Payless, okay? I don't know if y'all remember that. I'm, I'm dating myself. But for girls, back in the day, Payless was the place to go. They had sneakers. They had flats. They had heels. They had every kind. And they separated into these sections where this is, this is your size. So you could stand there and go, oh, and see all the different kinds of shoes you want. So I thought this was the best thing in life, you know? I was like, this is my day. I went. And I'm like, okay. And I took my shoes off because, you know, you got to sit down on the little stools and you got to kind of like um, take off your shoes and then try on the new ones. And you try on a bunch of them, then you find the one you want. So I took off my shoes and I tried on a new one. I said, this is it. I'm so excited. And my mom, she's, you know, in the women's side because I was on the kids' side. She was on the women's side. So I had to run around to go meet her and tell her, these are the ones I found. I want these shoes. So I went and I was like, okay. I, I took off them and I put them back in the box. And I took the box and I was running. I didn't put my old shoes back on, okay, because I was just too excited. And I ran around the corner. When I ran around the corner, all of a sudden, I felt something pinch my foot. And I was like, oh, what was that? And I kind of just sat down, you know, you're a kid, you kind of sit where you're at and you just, I was looking at my foot and I'm like, what the heck was that? I still had my socks on, so I didn't really see any kind of anything on my foot. There wasn't any blood, so I was like, okay, I'm good. I looked around, I was like, what the heck was that? It was a toothpick. I was like, 
I stepped on the toothpick. I was like, oh, okay, but it's not inside. You know, it's gone. Like, it's over there. I'm good. I'm going to keep running. So I was, I was too excited. I was like, I'm going to just keep going. And I went, and I told my mom, these are the shoes. I took the shoes. She bought me the shoes, and we went home. A couple days passed. I kept walking. I'm like, man, it kind of hurts a little still. I'm not sure I'd look at it. It looked a little red. And I was like, mm, it's okay. You know, that's what happens. You get poked with something, it gets red. But two or three, maybe three or four days started passing. Then it started getting real red. And it started getting kind of puffy and pussy. And I was like, oh my God, there's something wrong here. And it hurt. Every time I bumped up against it, there was like this pain that I could not even handle. And I was just, okay, what do I do? So I started looking at it. I started picking at it. And I'm like, eh, what am I going to look? I don't know. <sighs> I started picking at it, and when I picked at it, I noticed there was, like, something in there. And I was like, what is that? And I started picking a little more, and I pushed it, and I'm like, oh, oh, my God, it's like the tip of the toothpick. So now, not only is there, like, some, I'm freaking out. It was in someone's mouth. I'm going to die. I got a disease. Like, it's, my foot's going to fall off. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. And I don't know what to do. I take it out, I pick it out, and then I realize, okay, let me just put a little medicine, put a little Band-Aid. And as a couple days went on, all of a sudden, even, even hours after, I could feel that the pain subsided. Like it wasn't as intense, and it began to begin to heal. But I had to take that piece out. And I'm not, I am not a prophet. But, I, and, I, I, and I don't need to hear from God, but I know that there are moments and times in your lives that you guys have had a, a, a wound, something that has happened to you that needs you. Everybody goes through this. And, and you know what? The wounds that we have in our hearts, these are like the, t the toothpicks of our soul. So we're in this, this series called Soul Care, right? And we've all been talking this, these last few weeks. We've been talking about our soul and how we can get our soul right how we can deal with these things. And today we're going to talk about the wounds of our soul, the toothpicks of our souls. So unless these wounds, they get healed, unless these wounds um, get picked out and be revealed to us, what, what's going to happen is they negatively affect our lives. So, okay, when I had this thing on my foot, right, every time I put my shoe on or I bumped up against it, it was just this, it's this shooting pain in my foot. So think about it. Have you ever met a person where maybe you were just saying something and you were joking and you said something and all of a sudden you notice that person got triggered? They're crying now. It's like, okay, I was just joking. I didn't mean it. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal to you. But you hit a wound. You touched a point in their body that stirred something up in them. So it negatively affects your behavior, your, your relationships, the things that you have inside of you. And it limits our lives. And what God is saying that he wants to, to reveal these things to you and heal these wounds inside of us. And then sometimes you find people, and I, honestly, I think in, in my past, this is what I have done. When I have wounds, when I had wounds that I never dealt with, what I do is I put up this level of protection. It's like this fortress of solitude. And I put these walls up. And now I'm living behind this because I'm never going to let that person hurt me again. Or I'm never going to let someone that looks like that person or acts like that person hurt me again. And God is saying, no, I want to come into these places and I want you to live a free, free life. In Isaiah, it said, Jesus took up our wounds and he gave us peace. Well, 
what, what does that mean? Okay, does it mean that like all of a sudden I just feel uh, whatever? And, okay, it's calm and quiet and I'm not all riled up. No, Jesus says he gave us peace. He took the emotional, the physical and spiritual pain and he brought us peace. So in my opinion, so well, let's look up what peace means. When, when I looked up the word peace, it means shalom, right? In Hebrew and shalom. Has anybody, does anybody know what that means? Like the, the, the dictionary, like the, the definition of shalom? It means nothing missing and nothing broken, completely whole. So he took up all of our pains and all of our, all of our wounds. He took that upon him so that he can give us peace, so he can give us wholeness, so that he can give us nothing missing and nothing broken, so we can be completely whole in him. Think about how amazing that is, right? Think about how, how, how it, it can just... Our lives can be completely changed when we understand that God wants to heal those things that are still bothering us. And then I understand that a lot of us, we've gone through a whole lot of things, some really deep hurts, really, I mean, some physical things, abuse, all kinds of things, mental. There are some deep wounds that people carry around with them every day. But I want you to understand that God doesn't wound us. Okay, because what, what we can kind of do sometimes in life is like, well, why did God let that happen? Or we begin to start to blame God. God, you, you did this to me. You allowed this to happen. How could you allow such evil to happen? And I'm here to tell you that, yes, things happen. But we also have an adversary. We also have the enemy that is against us who uses people to hurt those who love God. The, the creation that God made, which is all of us, right? But so God doesn't, God doesn't ordain for you to be hurt and to be wounded. But he will use those things and redeem those things. Because we have a good God who loves us and doesn't want to see us in pain. So it's important for us to believe that he can redeem the pain and that he can make us peaceful fully, completely whole, nothing missing and nothing broken. And he'll turn those arrows that the enemy shoots at us to destroy us and to, to, to tear us down and make us go away and put those, those arrows and make them scapels of our great physician, scapels of our God who can go in and heal us. And it gives us hope for every circumstances that we've gone through. So last week we talked a lot about forgiveness, right? That was the step before in the soul care journey that we're taking with you. And we said, you know, it's not easy and it's, it's a difficult thing to do. And we gave you some, some practical tools. And, and why do we forgive? We forgive not for the other person or to give them license that, that everything is okay what they did. But we, we forgive for ourselves so we don't get bitterness and resentment and, and anger built up inside of us. But it, but it goes beyond. So healing wounds and allowing God to work in us, it goes beyond forgiveness. And, I, and you guys say, oh, I don't understand that. Okay, well, let me just give you something practical. So, so let's say I um, get into an argument with Chino, because, you know, we're pastors, but we still argue, right? And I go, and I'm really upset. Like, he did something terrible to me, and I'm just very upset. And I start yelling at him, and, you know, whatever, and then I get to the point where I get mad, and I throw a rock at him, right? Okay, I never really do that because, you know, I am a pastor, but 
when I throw a rock at him. He got me that pissed. Like, how could you do this to me? And then he's like, and I just throw something at his face, you know, right? And it hits him, right? And then, you know, we go our separate ways, but then we come back together and say, okay, babe, I'm sorry. And he says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that to you. I provoked you to that anger and I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. And then I say, I'm sorry, you know what? I shouldn't have reacted no matter what you did and I love you and please forgive me. And he says, yeah, sure, I'll forgive you. That's great. There's forgiveness there. But he still has a wound from the rock that I threw, right? That still needs to heal. And time needs to take place. So this is what we're talking about. There are hurts and things that go, and you need to have forgiveness for it. But God wants to take it a a step deeper. He wants to heal the wound that was caused from that, that issue, from that person, that one that betrayed you, the one that stabbed you in the back, the one that really, really physically or mentally abused you. So it's such beyond forgiveness. It's beyond, it's, it's more of a process, right? A process that we have to go through because we all carry around baggage, right? We all have things from our past. Little, small, some bigger than others. But we all have something because we're all different people and we all react differently. And we all have baggage that we carry around and it affects our lives first and it affects our relationships with people and it affects affects everything that we're going through. And through this process, we have to understand that we need to open up our baggage, right? And go through it. So today I kind of, I brought a, I got, I got my suitcase because it's just the baggage, you know. I had, I had considered bringing the, the really old and ugly looking one because, you know, it's been with me for a really long time, but it was hard to open. And I was like, I, I'm not going to be able to do it. But I, I brought the, it looks nice, but, you know, I've been carrying this thing around for a really, really long time. And sometimes during a process, you kind of have to, like, open up the baggage, you know. And the, and the process is, is, is thinking through some of the things that are in your life. And, and it says in um, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child, and I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put away the childhood behind me. We have to go through our baggage that we're carrying with us. Because sooner or later, we have to take responsibility for the baggage we carry. So you only take responsibility when you can say, I know that this person hurt me. And it wasn't my fault. And it was totally their fault. And they shouldn't have done those evil things to me. But I take responsibility not over what they did to me, but how I will react to that and my response to that. And that is when you can become a man and not think like a child. So you open up the baggage and you start going through. And we've been talking a little bit about soul care and things like that. And we've talked about the stinky sock in our baggage, right? The stinky thing. We're looking for the stinky thing. And as we're looking for the stinky thing, you know what? You might come across, you know, when, when I was a baby, you know, hey, my mom, she didn't really even know if she can have me. And my, my dad, I don't even know who he is because he left before I was even born. And then you start going through the baggage. You say, you know what? <sighs> when I was a child and, you know, that kid, he bullied me. When I was just a little kid, he just bullied me and kicked me, put a sticker on the back of my back and would kick me and would make fun of me when I was a kid. And you just start going through your baggage. And, oh, look, I remember this pretty dress I wore on my first date. But, you know, he wasn't very nice to me on that date. And, and then, oh, wait, 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 but I got, I got a great job, 
right? I got a job. I was like, this is a professional job. I had to wear a suit and a jacket. And, you know, I was, I was doing it. I was making money. But guess what? My performance wasn't where they needed it to be. And I was distracted. And they fired me. Those are the, the, the baggage, the, the things that we carry in our baggage. As we're looking for, like, a stinky sock, there are things that have happened where, where God's saying, hey, we need to go through a process. You need to be a grown-up and stop thinking like a child and saying, I'm going to just find blame. I'm just going to blame God or I'm going to blame my parents or I'm just going to blame that person and live in that. And not only that, we're not going to just say, I'm going to just sweep it under the table. I'm not going to just say, oh, yeah, well, that's just happened to me, and I'm just going to put up my fortress and say, it's not going to happen to me ever again, and I'm just going to sweep it under there and just never deal with it. Because just like I explained to you, you can forgive, and you can go through the process and know and, and, and even say, hey, this is what happened to me. But if you don't deal with the toothpick, with the piece of toothpick that's still in that wound, it's still going to hurt you every time you bump up against it, every time you recognize, every time you have a smell that passes, every time you hear music that hears, it's going to stir something up. And you know, these days, that's what they call, they call it being triggered. But in reality, it's a wound that needs to be healed. And we know that we have a God. He died. Jesus died on that cross for those wounds. He took those wounds and he can replace that with peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken and being completely whole. So the process is, 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 is we got to take time and take it to God. So here's the thing. When you're going through the process, you have to understand that it's, it's a two-way thing. So when we moved up to Georgia in Florida, let me just tell you, it's a grid. So all the streets go left, you know, east and west or left and right, up and down, north and south. It's a grid. You go one way up. And you can, like, get anywhere by just, it's a grid. All the streets. You come to Georgia. Let me tell you something. You get on one street. It's the same name. But you can end up going north, then turn around. You turn. You never got off the street. never turned. And you're still in the same street. And you're actually going south again. And then going east and west. And it's like you are going everywhere. And you have no idea where you are. Okay. You know what direction you're going in. So ever since we've been here for six years, we have to use our GPS every day, no matter where we're going. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. But when you use your GPS, what do you have to do? You have to know where you are and know where you want to go. Right? So here's the thing. When, when you're processing your, heal, your hurts and your wounds with God, you got to know where you are and where you want to go. And in that, that's a process that you have to go through with God. Not only do you have to go through with God, but you have to go through it with people. So think about it, okay? So I have a lot of things that happened when I was younger. And I have siblings, right? I can have a conversation with my brother who lived in the same house. We had the same parents for our entire lives. He lived in the room next to me, literally less than 10 feet away because we had a really small house. Okay, like we could talk through the walls. That's how small it was and how quiet it was. We could, you know, but if I talk to him about one specific situation that like wounded me, hurt me, my mom did this or, or I felt this way about something, he could have a totally different perspective about it. So sometimes processing through it, say maybe you overreacted or maybe you didn't or maybe you just felt a certain way and you need to get past that and stop getting your 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 mindset set that this was something that like 
traumatized you. Now, I'm not trying to belittle you, and I'm not trying to say that people haven't gone through some really, really strong things, but there are some things that we can process and move forward through. I believe everything can be processed and moved forward through. Some just take a little bit more time. Some things just take a little more time. So how do we heal our soul? How do we do that? You know how we do things around here. We want to do, we want to talk to you about these things, but we don't want to just throw it at you and just leave it up to grabs. Like, well, you guys got to figure it out. I'm going to inspire you to heal the wounds and go through the process, but I want to give you three practical things because I think it's important if you do the, take the steps, God will begin to do the work that he needs to do to heal what he needs to heal. So the first thing is to take it to God. Now, we kind of touched on that already, but listen, if your car is broken, so I'm got, I got some problems with my car and a transmission, I am not going to take my car to Chick-fil-A, okay? Now, if Chino was here, he'd be like, yeah, but you know that's God's kitchen, and chicken is the most amazing thing from God. Like, they're even closed on Sundays. Like, this is Chick-fil-A. What are you talking about? Yes, I agree, or... Well, I don't really agree, but if you love it that much, that's great. But I can't take my broke down car to Chick-fil-A to get it fixed. I can't put Polynesian sauce on the transmission, even though it's great sauce and it goes good on chicken and meat and everything else, because I know y'all steal the little packets like Chino does and puts it on everything else, okay? You can do that for your food. You can't do that for your car. You got to take your wounds to God, because if you don't, here's what happens. Here's what happens. We take our wounds, alcohol, drugs, people, relationships. Man, we just take our wounds to the wrong things. So first and foremost, we need to take it to God. God cares more about you than what's wrong with you. Here's, here it is, the, the bottom line, he cares more about a relationship with you and wants you to bring him your issues. God, man, I, I'm feeling horrible about this situation. I feel betrayed. I feel hurt. I'm crying about it. I can't deal with it. He wants you to bring it to him. He wants you. And, and just like he created my physical body to like when that toothpick, that little piece of toothpick was stuck in there to like, if you ask a doctor, probably Dr. Alfonso back there, he doesn't like that because he's not really a doctor, but he, Dr. Alfonso, he'll explain to you how, how the body like pushes it out, right? Starts beginning to bring it up to the surface. When you take these things, he'll, be, he'll begin to bring up to the surface what needs to be healed. So some of you might be like, I'm just this way and I don't know why I'm this way. Take it to God. Because then he's going to start revealing to you, well, you're this way because he said that. You're this way because your mom said that. You're this way because do you remember when you were in third grade and this kid named Abraham came up to you and put a sticker on your back and kicked you in the butt? I'm sure you're not thinking about that. That was like years ago for some of us. Lots of years for me. But I mean, think about it. You're not thinking about that, but God's saying, you know what? That created a wound in you, and I want to heal it. So you need to take, take, take it to God. And sometimes what we find ourselves doing when we don't take it to God, we also begin, we, well, when we first, when we, we take it the wrong way, we take it to the wrong things, but sometimes we do take it to God. But instead of taking it to God for healing, we start taking it to God, and we start chasing 
we start chasing the, the effect. So let me explain. So I got hurt, right? And I say, God, I'm hurt and I'm anxious and I'm scared and I don't know what to do about this situation. Please just take this feeling away from me. So instead of chasing the healing, we're chasing the, 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 the remedy to the symptom. And, and instead, of, instead of chasing and saying, God, I need to be completely healed. No, no, God, just take it away. So it just then becomes this cycle because you know what? If I didn't get the toothpick out and it didn't begin to heal, all I'm doing is just putting the Band-Aid on top of the toothpick, right? So sometimes we find ourselves, okay, well, so, but we need to ask God, what we need to ask God is to, 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 to reveal things to us that need to be changed. So well, the first thing you have to do is take it to God. Second, we have to believe that God is smart. Not only is he smart, that he knows a whole lot of more stuff about us and about life, but here's the, here's the, tick, the kicker. He, he likes to tell us. He likes to reveal the things to us. He still wants to reveal the truths of life to us. He still wants, to bring the, bring, wants us to bring those hurts to him so that he can heal us and make us whole. God wants you to know that you can bring his memories and, his, and those things that hurt you to him and that he knows about those memories and that he was there with you during those memories. And this is crazy because I, it, it, when I was going through this and when we preached this before, Chino shared a story and, and I was like, I cannot, sh you know, share this story because this is his story. But I was like, I need to share this story because it's so amazing of what God wants to do because it's just proof on how much God knows about us and how much he loves us. So while we're reading the book, Soul Care, Dr. Rob Reiner, he talks about a story where he's talking to a, a young lady and he's going through memories with her. And um, he, he goes through an exercise with her. And the crazy thing is, is that Chino and I have been going through this soul care journey from like 2019, the beginning of 2019, around there. And um, we've been on this journey. I don't think this journey will ever end. It just continues. You continue to grow. You continue to go through things. You, you never become perfect. And, and until you die and you go to heaven, you know what I'm saying? So everybody has issues and, and, and it's on this journey. Um, but he was on this journey and he told me this story and I'm going to share it with you. It was, it was a story of him. He was driving from Florida to uh, Georgia with his mom. His mom, uh, before she passed away, was um, kind of sick and she couldn't, she couldn't fly, but she was not sick enough where she couldn't travel. So he would go down there every few months and he would get in the car and he'd take the drive down, and then drive back up with her so she could spend some time with us. And during that time, he was going through a soul care journey. He had read in the book, you know, I need to do, I talked to you guys, we talked about family sin patterns. I need to go back and talk to my mom about some of the things that were going on. And he, he shared with his mom and said, this is what I'm doing. Can you talk to me about our life? And Mima, that's his mom's, what he calls his mom, she, you know, talked about some abuse that had happened and some sexual sin patterns that were going on in their family. And, and he was just on this journey of self-awareness. And as he was going through that, he noticed that when he was talking to his mom, Everything that his mom would talk about her dad, his grandfather, was completely negative. So he was like, Mima, like, tell me something good about grandpa. Like, just give me one good thing. Was there any good memory? She says, well, not really. 
But I'll tell you one story, and, and that way, and it was a way of her being a little bit, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really tell you what he was really about. There was really nothing good about him. But I'm going to tell you this story. So Mima said, I was 12 years old. I, I never had a birthday party. She, she kind of grew up Jehovah Witness, so they didn't celebrate birthdays. But at 12 years old, she said, I saved my money, and I saved um, everything that I could find. Um, and I invited a bunch of people, and I got cake, and I had candy, and I was going to throw myself a birthday party. And her dad finally said, okay, well, you can do that if you do that. And so she started the whole party, and people started coming over, and she had cake, and she was super excited. And her father got a phone call, and his sister, her aunt, was having a baby and, and was at the hospital, and she had just given birth, and they had to cut the party short and, and put the party away. And his mom, me mom, was like, no, I'm not leaving. I paid for this party. I'm 12 years old. It's the first party I had. This is my party. I want to, you know? And, and, um... And her father got really upset with her to the point that he hit her. And he hit her so hard that she ended up underneath the bed, hiding away. And the, the people at the party had to kind of like settle him down. And the party obviously ended and they went to the hospital and Mima stayed there. And obviously that is, that is something deep and wound. I, I, I'm not oblivious to that, that maybe even people in here can feel those emotions that came with that story. But she felt it, and she was, like, upset about it. And Chino's like, well, I read this, in, this exercise in the book, and I'm going to go through something with you. And he says, hey, can, can I just do something with you? It's just me and you in the car. You're not going to be hurt. I'm not going to do anything. Can you just close your eyes? He said, okay, I closed my eyes. She closed her eyes. She said, I'll do this. And he says, I want you to relive the moment. And she says, what? And she said, just relive the moment. Think about it. Think about where you're at. Close your eyes. Imagine what you felt. She's like, I could, I could smell the day. That's what she said. She says, that's how intense it was. And then he says, okay, well, what, when you're there, what I want you to know is that Jesus was with you in those memories. He had never left you. I want you to look for Jesus in your memory. And, and the crazy thing is, obviously, she opens her eyes. She says, oh, my God. I see him. I see his feet. I can see his eyes looking at me. He says, I can see him. She's got tears coming down her eyes. I can see him. And, she, and all Chino said is, all he could say is, he never left you. He never left you. Think about how if you can invite Jesus into the memories that hurt you so deeply. That from that moment on, if you, if you ever ask Mima about her 12-year-old birthday, guess what? She'll never bring back up that I felt like my father hit me and my father did. No, she's going to bring up that I saw Jesus' feet and I saw his eyes and that he loved me through that moment. It's crazy. God is smart. He knows things that we don't even think he knows. He is with us. He has been there through it. And he wants to tell us about it. Let him reveal himself through those things. Let him reveal and show you how true it is that he really does love you and that he is with you. And the last thing, the last thing I want to share, a practical thing, is just share your story. Share your story. When you get to a point where, where, you, can, where you can share some of the things, you need to do it. It's going to bring healing. So when we came up with this message and we were talking about it, we had, we had, discussed we always come come 
well, you know Chino, he does most of the preaching, but when we preach together, we'll come together and we're like, okay, well, what story do we want to tell? And how does this relate? And what is God doing with us? And we talk about these things. And, and, um, and uh, in that moment, I was like, we didn't have a story. We didn't have a story to end. Um, we didn't know what we were going to do. And um, I'm sitting on the couch. It was like two or three days. As a matter of fact, we had even thought about Jason has a splinter story. We were like, we'll tell Jason's splinter story, which he'll tell you one day about his splinter story. But God just all of a sudden, he just revealed to me and, th- and made me think of the toothpick story of when I went to Payless to look for shoes. And I was like, oh, that's a good story because it's about woos and this and that. I didn't think anything of it. But as we were going through, and it's crazy because as you share your story sometimes and you talk about things, God begins to reveal things. And I started to tell the story to him. And, and then I started thinking about it a couple times after, even before we preached about it and stuff. And I'm like, man, I never really thought about the story. But if I think about it now as an adult, why didn't I ever tell my mom? Like, this happened to me. Like, she's supposed to protect me and help me, and I did it. And I'm like, why didn't, even after the two days after, am I just there trying to do surgery on myself, trying to do it and keep it hidden? Why? Because there was something inside of me that was fearful. There was something inside of me that I was felt like I could not go to my mom in that moment. And there were these things that, like, well, because, you know, I have that issue with performance, Everybody remember that, right? If I have that issue, if I don't do good enough, then I'm not going to get what I need. So if I tell her I messed up and I stepped on something and now I'm causing her an issue, having to deal with me, I might not get my shoes. I mean, I'm only seven years old. So like my mind is going in these areas. But what, what I'm trying to tell you is as I shared my story, I begin to realize there was fear there. There was something there. God began to reveal, hey, this is something that needs to be healed. There's a wound there that needs to be healed. So uh, as we're talking today, I know there's people here who have stories. They watch TV. They watch movies. They, they like, oh, that, their life is nothing compared to what I've been through. God wants you to share your story because he's an amazing God who loves you and wants to bring you out complete and whole. Not for everyone else, not for him, but for you. And in doing that, I can guarantee others will be affected by it as well. It's crazy because, man, I'm just telling you, when we're preparing things and we're thinking through things and processing through things, God just wants to reveal things to you. Bring your story to Jesus. Write it down. Share it. If you can't share it, just write it down. Go through it. Because you're going to realize that, like, all of a sudden God brings up that kid, Abraham, and put that thing on your back. Like, wow. I didn't know that affected me the way that it does. Because I'm never going to let someone walk up behind me and do that to me again. Right? It's crazy because you, you need you need someone skilled to do the work inside of you. That's why we're telling you, you got to take it to God. I was at Costco's, I think it was like two weeks ago. And I pulled in, everything was good. I went and did a couple things during my lunch. And I got back in the car. I couldn't start the car. I started to freak out because it 
wasn't just like the car didn't start. It started making all these weird noises. All the lights started blinking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even turn the car back off. That's how bad it was. I was like, I got a push start thing. So I don't know what to do with all these electronic things. And I was like freaking out. Oh my gosh, it's not starting. I got to go back to work. It's hot. Because it's July and I was sweating. <laughs> I got to go back to work and stink. Like, this is crazy. What do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, I call Chino. He's like, I don't know. What do you do? Open the hood and see. What do you I don't know what I'm looking at. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I'm looking at. And I'm like, gosh, what do I do? So I start praying. I'm like, God, make it start. Make it start. And I'm praying, you know, because you always do that. Father God, in the name of Jesus, make it start. <laughs> I jumped in work. <laughs> But it's okay, it's okay. I'm like, okay, so I said, well, let me get out of the car and like put up the hood because one of the sensors that came up was something about brake fluid. I'm like, I need brake fluid, that's stupid. I just took it to the shop the other day, I got an oil change. But let me open it up because Chino was like, open it up and see if there's brake fluid. I said, well, there's brake fluid. And then once I opened up the hood, I guess other people realized there was something going on. So a guy came over, he looked at it, he's like, yeah. Uh, I'm not a mechanic, so I don't really know what to help you with, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, why you came over here and help me if you're not going to help me? And then and then another couple came. They parked next to me. They're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, kind of. And they're like looking at it. And they're like, what does it do when you, when you, and I showed him what it does. And he's like, I have no idea what it is, but I can take you to your job. So I was like, okay, well, all right. And I shared with them, and I was like, you know, thank you for taking me. And they took me. And um, then I called Chino and said, I said, you're lucky because you just hung up on me and said, you got to figure it out because you're in, I don't know, Snellville or somewhere down south and, and super far, and there was no way you were going to be able to come and help me. And I'm like, you abandoned me. And I don't love you anymore. No, I don't say that. But I was upset with him because he was like, you didn't give me any help. But like these two old people, they took me home, you know, to my job and stuff. And, you know, I was just like, okay. And and then it was crazy because then after work, he came and picked me up. And then I prayed again. And, and it started this time. And I got to take it to Honda. Like, I was like, I'm not turning it off. I'm just driving straight to Honda. And I struck, drove. I had to do what was necessary. God gave me what, what I needed and provided for me in the meantime. But I needed to take it to the skilled mechanic to get it fixed and get it work. We have to take our job to the skilled mechanic who is Jesus Christ. We gotta let him reveal what's wrong with me because I had no idea. It turned out it was only a battery, thank God. It was just a battery, it cost like 200 bucks, but it was the battery. But we gotta take our junk because he wants to reveal it to us. He wants it. He wants to heal us. He wants to make us whole. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media.